Welcome to Oasis Podcast Sermons, where our call is to gather the scattered back into relationship with God. Holy Spirit, give each listener discernment, wisdom, and understanding as they desire to know you more. Speak to their hearts and continue to guide and direct them into deeper relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Enjoy. So as Carlos is pleading up, if you guys will turn to Psalm 23. How cool is that? Okay, so everybody knows Psalm 23, right? It's on the back of bumper stickers. It's one of the most common things, I guess. Just about speak to anybody and say, what's Psalm 23? They can kind of recite it to you, whether they know the Lord or not. But there's something in the middle of this thing. And this, this is a psalm that is written by David. And if you don't know David's story, David was actually a shepherd from the age of a little boy. And we know David for, you know, David and Goliath. But at that point in time, when he was 13, he already knew the Lord. He knew that God would have his back. God already protected him. God strengthened him to kill bears and lions and all these horrible things in the middle of the night. I mean, if you think about it, if you're 11 years old, and dad says, hey, take all the sheep and go up to Bachelor. There's pasture up there. You're not going to be back by dinner time tonight. So these kids would spend time in the wilderness. There's no cell phones. There's no firearms. There's none of the stuff that we would have today. This guy went out as a kid with all these sheep because dad says, hey, go, go do your thing. In the midst of that darkness, in the midst of all of that, he actually got to experience God's mercy and God's protection over his life. Right? That's huge. So, so this is the man who actually writes this. This is not a guy who is a stranger to God at all. But there's a beautiful thing that actually emerges from the center of all of this. We always say God never changes, right? God is the same today as what he was at the beginning of time, and it will be at the end of time. And that's a wonderful thing for us because in that steadfastness, that never-changing heart posture of Him, we are assured of our promises in Him. Because if He was to change His mind, if He was to change His conditions, then at some point in time that means, well, Jesus' blood could not be enough anymore. The rules are changing constantly. The old, you know, bait the switch is happening with me right now. But our God doesn't do that. So let's just take a look at this, right? So, so David speaks out of experience. And he starts off with what he knows, the shepherd, right? He says this, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So let's just pause there for a second. So what is it that we're talking about right there? It's all of this naturalistic nature type settings that God leads the sheep. The shepherd leads the sheep too, right? He says, hey, come lay down in this field. Come lay down next to this river. Here's water. Here's grass for you to feed off. But if you know anything about shepherding, if you know anything about farming, you can't just leave them there because they will eat all of the grass. In due season, the still waters will also start to dry out, depending on where it's, where it's at. So in that, he actually creates, he sets the stage for a herd of sheep that is already listening to his voice. They're at his beck and call. He says, go here, they go there. In the middle of this thing, the one thing that we tend to overlook when we look at Psalm 23 is this. 
This is what happens in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So if God leads, if the shepherd leads the sheep to the still waters and to the green pastures, why would they go off into the valley of shadow of death if he doesn't lead them there? That's the question, right? I'm not talking about stupid decisions that we make, right? Going off in a relationship with somebody that we don't belong in, or going back into old patterns that God said you know, that we shouldn't be a part of. Doing the things of the world that the Bible clearly speaks against. I'm talking about things where the Lord tells you, hey, this is what I've, you've seen His hand at work in your life, right? You've seen Him do things. And He says, hey, Eric, I need you to follow the following things. I have this call in your life. There's many of us that sits in this room that believes the Lord has a calling on our lives. And that is very true. It's very true. Every person who's alive has a calling on their life today. Because Scripture says that He knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. He picked us for this time right now. Right? And I've joked in previous times that, you know, Creighton is alive today because maybe... If he was alive when Moses was around, he would have run the show. Right? And it's, and it's a silly thing, but we are equipped for what we have to deal with today. Each and every one of us is a precious asset to the Lord. Right? So there are things that He will lead us into. Why does He lead us into the valley of shadow of death? Is it to harm us? To refine us. Right? Because what happens in Psalm 23? So verses 1 through 3 talks about how we are sheep. How He guides us, he, he lays us down, we get to eat, we get to drink from the green pasture and the water. Now He takes us through the valley of shadow of death. And in the middle of that it says this, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When God smacks you on the side of the head and says, Hey, Bubba, <laughs> load it to the left. There should be comfort in that. There should not be this heart of arrogance and pride. He says, You know, I don't listen to you. I'm going to do my own thing right now. Times are hard. My life is not working out the way that I think it should be working out. And God, I'm following you. So in the midst of this, I can't truly be following you because my life is hard. The world tells us if we are Christians, our lives should be easy. And we should be blessed and all these great things. But that's not the truth. Scripture is clear about the fact that we're going to encounter opposition. But in this, in this beautiful psalm right here, why does he take us to, through this valley of shadow of death? Somebody just said to refine us. But in that, if you actually read what the psalmist says, what David says at this point in time, it goes from being an animal feeding off the grass and the water to what? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Does sheep sit at tables? No. Does animal animals sit at tables? No. You, you anoint my head with oil. 
They're priests. We are all priests. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's, let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at what the average Christian's journey is and what the Lord really says it should look like. A lot of people that we know that we encounter on a regular basis that have an encounter with the Lord, they go to a church service, they go to an outreach event, something happens, and in that they go, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus, right? And they do that on the spot. How many of those people actually follow through with following the Lord and all things that He calls them into? Staggeringly, not that many people. They get so complacent in the easy, the grass and the river and the, all the things that look so beautiful. They never go from this point of being an animal to being a priest, sitting at the table where the Lord actually serves where he prepares your cup, where your cup actually overflows in the face of your enemies. The thing why I said, our God never changes. Jesus later on in the New Testament says this, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you what? I call you friends. You're, we're called sons and daughters. Right? So again, here's the heart posture. Here's the heart of the Lord being revealed. David, having learned it firsthand through the wilderness and everything else, he had the hardship. He had the calling of God on his life. He was the one that, by God's hand, killed Goliath. He was anointed at the age of 13. And then the king, Saul, who was in his way, said, I'm going I'm to come and kill you. Because he saw the favor the Lord had on his life. And then all of that got worked out. He became king. And he ruled over Israel in a wonderful way. Jesus paints the same picture for us. We are, we're chosen. He comes, He pays the price for us. And with that, He brings us back into right standing with the Father at the time of His death. And at that point in time, we become friends. We become sons and daughters. He bestows all of the authority that the Father gave Him upon us to walk in all of the things that He did do all of the things that He did, and even more is what He promises us before He ascends up to heaven. So in the middle of this thing, the thing I want to talk to you about tonight is this. Where are you at with your walk with the Lord? Are you completely happy with the fact that you're just laying on green grass and that there's water for you to drink from? Are you happy with living like an animal when you can actually live like a son and a daughter? Has the Lord called you into walking through a valley of shadow of death? Has He called you into a challenging time, season in your life? Right? Where isn't it take Him correcting you? Saying, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, stop, move forward. And you've said, no, thank you, I don't want to do that, God. I don't want to do that because you know it's comfortable over here. The reality of green pastures and grass and rivers are this. They tend to perish. It's only so long that something like that can sustain a life. Even with the best of intentions. 
So when we truly listen to the voice of the Lord, when we truly believe, like what um, somebody said here tonight in the testimony, that I believe every word that the Bible says. Yeah, there you go. If we truly believe that, we should believe that God is faithful. We should believe that the plans that He has for us is not to harm us, but to prosper us. And I'm not talking prospering us financially. Money will come and go. That stuff burns. If you've had it, you've lost it, you know what it, what it takes to get there and what it, how fast it goes away. But He has plans for us. The thing in this becomes this. Am I complacent with my relationship with the Lord? Am I completely happy with just living like an animal, eating off the, the grass and drinking out of the river? Or am I interested in following the Lord to experiencing more of Him? Following Him through a difficult season because we trust Him. Because He has already showed Himself trustworthy in the fact that if He, if he will lead you to green pastures and to rivers, Shepherds normally don't move their flocks until it's time. So he knows something else is better on the back end of this. On the back end of the journey he's about to lead you in, or he has called you into on a previous trip around the sun, there's something that he wants to work out of you, out of me, out of everybody here. Because when we go through that valley of shadow of death, and he corrects us, he says, hey, cut this out of your life. Get rid of this. Do this. Do that. It says in there that it comforts the psalmist. And it should comfort us as well. If God brings correction into our lives, it is to benefit us in the long run. Because once the valley of death is over, all of a sudden, that sheep not turned into a priest, like what Daniel was saying. It is a wonderful, wonderful ride to be in love with the Lord. To follow Him in the adventures that He calls us into. To follow Him through the difficult times and trust Him in every step of the way. Because without that, we're never more than just animals. We're never more than just somebody who is dependent upon somebody moving us around. We go from being bossed around to being served. Right? The, Lord, the Lord is the one that fills our cups. He all of a sudden becomes the one that provides for us. He is the one that in the face of your enemies, when the world says this is impossible, He says, you know what? No, it's not. Let me show you how this is done. This is why we share testimonies. Right? The stories that get shared here every Sunday evening is about that. Showing somebody who has come through a hard season and how the Lord has impacted them in the last seven days. The Bible again in Ezekiel 47 speaks of when the prophet is taken away in a vision where he gets shown the temple and on the eastern threshold water comes out from underneath the threshold. The angel who took him to that takes him to water that is ankle deep. Right? Measures out a thousand cubits. That's 1,600 feet for us in America today. Takes me through the waters 
Then I find water that's medium. Measures out a thousand cubits, 1,600 feet. And then I find water that is waist deep. Then again, he measures out a thousand cubits, 1,600 feet. Travels through the waist deep water and eventually finds water that he can only swim in. Because he can no longer stand. There's not a single scripture that speaks about accepting the Lord. <coughs> And immediately being in the fullness of what he has for us, we have to travel the distance. Our maturity in God has to grow through these hard seasons, through these times of having to be obedient to him, having to rely upon him and trust in him for everything that he has for us. We are taught that in the middle of this is, hey, you gave your life to the Lord? Awesome, brother, you made it. You speak in tongues. You're at the top of the food chain. Congratulations. Have a good life. Yeah, right. And it doesn't work like that. I had a conversation with Anita before we got started. There was a guy who was in the U.S., John G. Lake. And this guy was, they, they had their healing rooms up in Spokane. When he came back from South Africa, he set up shop in Spokane. And they started praying for people. And there was two to three hundred healings that happened every single day at one of the houses. It was so prolific. It was so... It's so abundant that at some point in time, the Washington Journal got wind of this, and they started investigating it. And Spokane, I think from, from 1915 to about 1930, was actually proclaimed to be the healthiest city in the U.S., and they ascribed it to the workings of John G. Lake. Lake would never take credit for this. He said, it's all gone. Now, a man like that, that has walked, in everything that Jesus has said is possible, he has raised the dead. People have gotten all kinds of things. Let me just paint a picture for you real quick. A woman shows up with breast cancer. The doctors would send these people to them because they had no other help for them. A woman shows up at one of the prayer meetings and she says, I got breast cancer. I said, okay, we'll take the bandages off. Let's take a look. So they unwrap her. Now, 1915, I, or 1850, yeah, sorry, 1915, all I can picture surgery is like a big kitchen knife. Yeah. So she takes these bandages off, and they look at her, and in all these massive gouges in her chest, they can see the tumor sitting there. And they start praying for this woman. And the account of that prayer meeting goes like this. They saw the tumors turning black, falling out of her body onto the ground, and she was restored to as of noon. What does John G. Lake do in the middle of all of that? He says this, Lord, if healings is the only thing that you're about, I can't believe that you're just a healer. There has to be more to you than doing all these healings. 200 to 300 healings a day. I'm not talking about headaches. I'm talking about broken legs, stump arms growing out, legs, people coming back from the dead, stuff like that happening. 200 to 300 times a day. And this man says, Lord, is this all you're about? Is this all you're about? There has to be more to you. You're the creator of the universe. And the Lord goes, yes, there's more to me. And his whole trajectory at that point in time changes. It all immediately starts changing for him. And the things that he did after that is even more 
crazy than anything <laughs> before. Where we at with the Lord? Do we pursue Him for more? Or are we complacent and comfortable in the little that we have? Are we at an ankle-deep fight? Are we going to trust Him with our kids and our families? Are we going to trust Him with our financial provisions? These are deep, these are hard, hard, difficult questions to ask. But the answer should be yes. Because if you have had an experience with the Lord, only one, it shows that He is faithful and He loves you and cares for you. The testimonies that we share every Sunday is about that. Like Garrett said, somebody here has something to share that somebody else needs to draw from. And Rebecca, I believe it was you. But God. I was supposed to be dead. But God. I have physical conditions that means I should not be able to walk. But God. The things that have happened to me in my life. But God. There is nothing too big for God to overcome. We currently have stories unfolding in this room and in the people's lives that are not here tonight where families are being re reunited, where people are being set free from addiction. People are being set free from generational stuff that has been happening to them. And you know the only thing that's required for that? It's for you to let go and trust the Lord for that very thing. Surrender. So let's not get complacent in the Lord. Our God is so wonderful. He is so big. If you were to ask Him every single day of your life and say, Lord, will you please reveal something new about yourself to me today? You can live your entire life experiencing some new facet of Him, some new depth, something new about Him. And I will guarantee you, at your deathbed, when you get to see Him in heaven, you will still be amazed and go, wow, this is really who you were? Because He's that big. He is that powerful. He is that amazing. It's true. And in the midst of all of this, it's up to us. Are we going to obey His voice? Are we going to follow Him into the difficult things? Or are we going to stick our hills in and sit right here and go, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm good. I'm safe. I'm ready to go. Because I don't see any example of that that ends up well in the Bible. So I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage myself as well. Because most of the times when, when, when I get to speak to you guys, a lot of this is I'm speaking to myself. We just as a family came through a season of hardship. We just as a family came through a valley of shadow of death. Of Lord, how are you going to carry me through this? And was it easy? No, it wasn't. Some of our closest friends know just the hardship and the things that we have had to go through. But you know what? Out of personal experience, I will tell you this. That the Lord is faithful. Amen. That the Lord is faithful and that He will stand by your side and He will work something out of it. 
And don't ever let the enemy tell you that, oh, you went through one hard season. That's good enough. <laughs> Our God is a cyclical God. He likes to revisit us and make sure that we are refined. Because we are called to be the body. We're called to be spot without spot and wrinkle when the, the groom returns. If he was not a loving God, he would hammer all of that out of us in one afternoon. But we will not be able to stand it or survive that very experience. So we have to surrender to him. We have to listen to his voice. And even though we're in comfortable places, and he says, hey, let's move on. Follow him. Who's on the back side of that? There's a wonderful experience where you are more intimate with the Lord than before. You're no longer a slave, but you are not friends. I know we've got, we've got powerful testimonies here, and people can speak of great things happening. But I don't want you to get complacent in that place where the Lord has done something powerful in your life, where He has brought your kids back, your wife back, your whatever back that, that, that the enemy tried to take from you. And say, hey God, this is, this is great. I'm here. We also always have to be humble and be pliable and be willing to serve Him wherever He calls us. I hope Holy Spirit spoke to you about something in this message today. If you would like to come to service in person, we meet on Sundays at Palmer's Cafe in Bend, Oregon at 5 p.m. located at 645 Northeast Greenwood Avenue. Or if you have any questions about what you just listened to, please email us at oasis.centraloregon at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in.